0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at bethesdacog.org. Would you stand with me, please? Oh, I had such a picture of heaven. I want you to picture this with me. Almighty God, brightness of His essence, colors bursting all around, seraphims, cherubims, and angels saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, hallelujah! Saints. Throughout the ages that are there. And the question is, is he worthy? He's worthy. He's worthy of all the praise, all the honor, all the glory. Hallelujah. Would you turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis chapter 1. I told in the first service that I had a sermon that I had already started on. It was one of those that I I thought, well, this is a hot one that I'm gonna pull out. And it just didn't feel right. And And the Lord just spoke to me just very simply in the beginning. As soon as he said that to me, I knew that was the word for the hour. Now, it would be preacher talk to say, I believe God is going to give someone a new beginning. But this is not preacher talk. I firmly believe that God has given me a word for somebody. Hopefully not just one. That there's going to be a new beginning for someone, to, some people here today. Amen. This scripture here, I don't think there's one any more fitting because it says, "In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth." Now I want you to look at that little punctuation mark. At the end of that sentence and would everyone tell me what that punctuation mark is so let's read this again in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth period all right years ago when I was in college president of the college who I think was the greatest theologian on the planet he just recently died so now he's the greatest theologian that I know that is in heaven he pointed out that period and that meant something so today I want you to understand that God has me on a mission to tell you that there is a new beginning on your horizon Father God, I pray for the anointing to sweep through. Lord, you are worthy, and we've already given you that honor. Without a doubt, you're worthy, and I just felt, dear Lord, your presence sweep through this place. Now, dear God, give new beginnings, I pray, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Now, I need you to listen very carefully when I get into the first part of my message. But before I get there, I want to ask you this. Is there anyone here that knows how to ride a bike? Raise your hand. Is there anyone here that's ever fallen off a bike? Yeah. But you learned from that and you got back on the bike, right? So, I can't tell you how many skinned hands and knees, how many tears I cried, fallen off the bicycle. The road that we lived on, it was paved, but it, it wasn't smooth paved. When you fell, you got battle scars. And I would fall and get frustrated and then I would get back on the bike and start trying again. Today, I can ride a bike and I do not fear the same thing because I finally learned how to ride the bike. I understood that that failure was not permanent. That failure was temporary if I got back on the bike. Oh, someone needs to help me here today. There's a lot of people who are kicking the bike, kicking the tires, licking their wounds. Poor me. When there's a perfectly good bicycle that they need to get back on and take off and have a victory. Amen. Now, I am also art impaired. (laughs) I brought this out. Brother Phil Nobles is just a wonderful artist. I was trying to draw baby Jesus in a manger. And I showed it to Brother Phil And he looked at me and he gave me some good advice. He gave me an insult first and then gave me some good advice. (laughs) He said, Pastor, that looks like a butter bean. You stick to preaching and let us do the artwork. Now, I brought that out to tell you Some of my earliest memories of art was when I was in grammar school and they would give you a page and they would want you to color it. It wouldn't take long before I had colored outside the line. It didn't matter from then on how pretty inside the line was what i saw was my mistake outside the line some of us are art impaired spiritually you're so caught up with the times that you got outside the line that you can't be blessed of all the good that you did inside the line and so I'm here today to tell you that I have overcome the bicycle and I have learned a great lesson in art If I need something drawn I go to (laughs) Phil and if he can't draw it then I can go get a picture but I understand that I can have a new beginning. Now, I need you to really focus in on this next part that I'm getting ready to talk. There are those who want to get all caught up in where there are dinosaurs on the Earth. Uh, How old is the Earth? Is the Earth thousands of years old? Millions of years old? And I just want to tell you, I don't care. You might care. It might be what keeps you awake at night. It doesn't keep me awake at night. Because of this very first verse that I read, it says, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. It doesn't matter when it started. Because when it started, God had already been here. But I want to submit to you, that something happened after this period. See, after that little punctuation mark, verse 2 happens, and it says, and the earth was, everyone say "was," was, without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters so we have the first verse that says in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth period and now it says and the earth was without form and void that word was in the Hebrew is a Hebrew word "heya." you can check all of this out Heia means became. If we were reading this in the original Hebrew text, it would not do any injustice to the scripture to say, and the earth became without form and void. Many scholars believe that when the devil was cast down out of heaven and cast to the earth, the earth had a cataclysmic happening and the earth became without form and void and darkness fell across the earth if you want to believe that you can if you don't want to believe that you can but I'm offering it to you as a possibility but I want to break it down a little bit more because it says the earth became without form which that word is to who and it means desolate, to lie waste, a wilderness. And then void, that Hebrew word means it became empty, distinguishable, in ruins, and darkness, it meant destruction and obscurity. So if we read that, And the earth became a desolate wilderness, and it became empty, undistinguishable, and destruction and obscurity was upon the face of the deep. Whatever happened to the original form, it became chaotic. Now why did I choose this to begin? Because when God made you... Wow, I feel God's presence right now. When God made you, He did not make you to be a failure. When God made you, He did not make you to be chaotic, to be uh, dark, to be undistinguishable he did not make you to be a spiritual wilderness he made you to be in his image to be blessed and highly favored and so as a result God's plan was for us to be blessed. Along comes the devil. And he deceives Eve and Adam. And sin enters into the world. And when sin entered into the world, death and destruction and chaos entered into the world. Oftentimes, God gets blamed for things that the devil did and so now we are apparently reading a recreation and so I want to further establish that because in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 God gives Adam and Eve a very insightful command and God blessed them and God said unto them be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth you don't replenish if it had not been replenished. whatever happened the earth Whatever was on the earth, however it was existing, it had become void and God has reestablished it and God now is saying, be fruitful and replenish the earth and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth now whatever happened I will tell you that they got a new beginning the Bible now tells us about Noah and Noah and his family enjoyed a new beginning in Genesis chapter 9 and verse 7 I want you to listen to what God said to them and you be ye fruitful And multiply bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein are you with me here today do you understand that the earth had been destroyed with a flood and God is telling them to be fruitful and multiply he told Adam and Eve be fruitful and multiply. I'm speaking to you today that God wants you to be fruitful and multiply. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. God wants you to be successful and not a failure. God wants you to be an overcomer and not a loser. Now, in Genesis chapter uh, 6 and verse 5, it tells us the condition of the earth. Noah was here, and the Bible says, And God saw the wickedness of man. It was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. In Genesis chapter 6 verse 11 and 12 it tells us that the earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence Jesus described Noah's day as they were eating and drinking marrying and given in marriage what he was basically saying is they were doing business as usual Someone needs to help me here right now. See, God doesn't mind you having a life, but if you're not careful, life will begin to take on its own path. And if you're not careful, you can become dry, you can become weary doing life. I cannot tell you how many young couples I have counseled in over 40 years of ministry that have come to me and they, they have bought that nice home and they've gotten number of cars and they've had two or three children and then they are taking children to soccer and to softball and to baseball, and to dance, and to every party known to the human race. They're buying clothes. They're having to buy expensive clothes and and shoes to keep up with their peers. And after a while of doing life, they become imprisoned in life. What happens is they're getting up, not able to enjoy the blessings of God. They're imprisoned by their finances. They're imprisoned by their lifestyle. There's nothing wrong with you having dance and recitals and, man, my goodness, I can't tell you how many of them I've been to in my life. Nothing wrong with that but it cannot be what controls you, you must control your life. And then I hear the couples as they cry and say, I have fallen out of love with my mate. And what they're actually, I I remind them, I said, how much time Do you spend with your mate? Don't have any time to spend. The children are always around. There's always something going on. There's always some event. We get up early. We hardly see each other. We eat and then handle all the homework and all the bath time and everything that we have to do. And then it just starts over the next day. In other words, life has become void. Are y'all with me here? And so as a result people get trapped into doing good but good draining them. Jesus wasn't saying They were eating and drinking marrying and giving in marriage that that was something wrong he was saying they're just doing business as usual and I'm outside God is outside of their arrangements and so here's the deal Noah him and his family they were ridiculed they were scoffed they were outcast partly because they were righteous and partly because they were different. And after about a year of being in a boat, time comes for them to be able to come out of the boat into a purged earth. When I say a purged earth, things are very different than a year ago. Some of us have been drained by COVID and the pandemic. Some of us have been drained because of health issues and bad marriages. And maybe some of you have had health problems and financial problems. And the list can go on and on. But after a while, you have felt that you have been drained by life. Noah and his family came out. And I don't know about you, but if I had been cramped up in that ark with that bunch of smelly animals, (laughs) probably one of the first things I'd have done is I'd have run out there and I'd have been running all around. My wife would have probably said, look at him, he looks like a fool running out. But the very first thing that Noah did was build an altar. Here's a man that said, I have a new beginning, but God is going to be number one in my new beginning. realistically you would have thought that Noah would have gathered his family together and said look we've got a lot of work to do our home has been washed away we have no home I've never thought too much about that but I just wonder if for a while they didn't live in the ark but wherever that they were they needed a house and surely enough because women are nesters I guarantee you that his wife said, Look here, enough of the ark. I want a house. And so he's got the pressure. I need to build a home for my, 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 my wife. You would have thought that he would have gathered the boys together and said, Look, we need to build some plows because now we're going to have to plow the fields, plant some seed. We, we've got to provide... Some crops for us and we we need to build some fences for for our herds and it's a new beginning everything that we once knew is gone it's a new beginning we we need to do what needs to be done to be successful yet the very first thing that he did was build an altar The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So right now you might be thinking, what's the newest house I can buy? What's the newest car or the newest, fanciest pair of shoes or dress or suit or whatever that I could name? Uh, the the fanciest watch or whatever, but I'm asking you to put the priority back and say, what can I do, Almighty God, to please you? And I want to have a new beginning on the 16th day of October, and that I'm not going to do business as usual. I, I'm I'm still going to love my family, and I I'm still going to have soccer and and all the other events, but. I am going to make sure that you are number one what he was saying to his children to his wife to his daughter in laws is look the number one thing is to worship our God it was God who delivered us it was God who gave us his grace it's God who brought us through the flood and we can't help But worship him the Bible tells us of another new beginning and I absolutely love it it's a story about Naomi the Bible tells us that Naomi and her husband and her two sons they left the land because of a drought and they decided to have a new beginning in another town another Can you just imagine the excitement of, this is a new start for us. We're going to have a a, a new adventure. And it looked pretty good for a while, Brother James, because both of her boys got married. And man, they got the boys married and probably going to have some grandchildren on the way. And glory to God, things are going good then darkness came her husband died and then both of her sons died here's a woman that apparently had done nothing wrong but now is experiencing darkness like she had never experienced before there may be someone here today or someone watching online but you're saying I haven't done anything wrong yet still the doctors told me I have cancer I haven't done anything wrong but I'm the one that lost my job I haven't done anything wrong but my home is in chaos so Naomi looks at her daughter-in-laws and she says i I'm getting ready to go back to my homeland. I love y'all. Try to find husbands and have a good life. She convinced one of them, but the other one named Naomi, pardon me, named Ruth, she said these famous words Entreat me not to leave thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. And where you lodge, I will lodge your people will be my people and listen to this and thy God my God here's a woman in her darkest hour that her daughter-in-law is saying I want what you've got you've lost your husband you've lost your two sons but I want what you've got. Don't you think for a minute that there's not someone looking at you. In your darkest hours, someone's looking at you. They need to know that you're not just a fair weather Christian. But that you're one who says, I'm going to give God what belongs to God. And I'm going to serve God. And so... Ruth and Naomi head back into their home. And listen, God has a plan. Because God has made an arrangement for Ruth to catch the eye of a man named Boaz. I don't know what Boaz felt But I know how I felt the first time I saw my wife. I was 14 and she was 12. I was at my cousin's church and the foyer was not real big, but it was packed. Across the way went this 12-year-old girl that when she walked by, my heart went, not pitter-patter, my heart went, varoon, varoon, varoon. Yeah. I mean, she went by and I was like, who in the world? is that the next day my cousin and I I tried to describe her he said you're talking about Jackie Hodges we called and I I talked to her and it's a wonder she ever talked to me again I talked like an idiot on the phone I the, uh, the, uh, the all that but here's the deal From the first time I saw her, I knew that was the one for me. I don't know what Ruth was doing, but whatever she was doing, Boaz went, whoa. I got to have that one. I believe that God has a plan. I'm getting ready to meddle, so go ahead and put your... Go ahead and put your seatbelt on. Some people settle for who they will marry. Who? it just got quiet real quick. And then when it goes bad, they want to blame God. Because why did God let this happen? Because God didn't ever intend you to be with that one don't get mad at me just say preach it preacher it's time for us to get God back into our decision-making processes. look here go and buy all the cars you want but don't blame God when you buy the wrong one come on buy houses that will make people ooh and ah, but don't get mad at God when it's not the right house come on we leave God out of the decision process and then darkness comes and then we want to blame God when God wasn't involved but God was involved with Boaz and Boaz became the kinsman redeemer and and Ruth and him were able to get married. And when Naomi had come back into town, people were saying, Oh, Naomi, it's so good to see you. We love you. And she said, Don't call me Naomi. No, no. You call me Mara. I went out full and I'm coming back empty. Don't call me any longer Naomi. But let me tell you, God has a way. Of giving us a new beginning. Oh y'all work with me on. Because. Boaz. And Ruth. Have a baby. And when that baby was put. In Naomi's arms. Something happened. She's now looking at hope. She's now looking at future. She's now looking at the future instead of the past. She's now saying, here's a new beginning. The Bible tells us this beautiful story to let us know that God has a future. An expected future. In Jeremiah 29, and verse 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Who's expecting it? God! <laughs> and if God is expecting it, it's going to happen. God has great expectations for you. God doesn't want you to lie dormant, void, and empty like the earth was. He wants you to have life and have it more abundantly. Now listen. Oh, give God praise in this house. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 22. Would you stand with me? It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Now look at this next verse. They are new every morning great is thy faithfulness. Someone needs to hear this. When you wake up in the morning, God has something new for you tomorrow. When you wake up Tuesday, God has something new for you. When you wake up Wednesday, God has something new for you. But how do I get it? Seek you first, the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I love my daughter, love my son-in-law. Julia and I had many conversations when she was growing up, Daddy, I won't. Do you think money grows on trees? Julia knew I was an easy touch, and she was wrapped all around that. I just had to help her. I had to give it to her. Had to find a way. If me, as an earthly father, could get wrapped up like that, how much more does a God Say, I got something for you today. I got something for you today. I've been saving this for you today. I want you to be happy today. I've got the perfect husband for you today. I got the perfect wife and she's good looking there. Oh, I'm going to bless you with a good car, a good home. I'm gonna bless you. I want to give you a new beginning. Oh, so that's how simple it is. Everything's gonna be wonderful. It wasn't for Noah, but he still built an altar. It wasn't for Naomi but she still was faithful to God and if you're faithful to God as the psalmist said I was young and now I am old yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread I thank God for some of the talks that I had theological talks with my dad. We would most of the time be riding in the car, be just he and I. This one was about salvation and I remember asking my dad. How do you get saved? And he said, All you do is say, I admit that I was a sinner. Just tell God you've been bad and ask Him to forgive you and believe it. Even as a child, I thought that was too simple. And I said, is that all it is to it? He said, that's all it is to it. He followed it up by saying, God wants to save you more than you want to be saved. And why I told you that simple little story is today someone wants a new beginning. How do I do it? I haven't been a good person. I've made all kinds of mistakes in fact i feel pretty low right now god please forgive me and give me a new beginning that simple god put this sermon on my heart to come tell you and to tell me that he wants to give you a new beginning an expected so here's what I'm going to do is this altar is open and if you want a new beginning I'm going to invite you to come right here if you're lost without Jesus Christ as your Savior you need a new beginning and I'm asking you to just make your way to this altar maybe there's someone you say I am a Christian but Oh, I just need a fresh start. I just really need some help. <clears throat> Come on. Right now's your opportunity. Right now's your time. I just need one of those fresh touches from God. This is your hour. This is your day. Won't some of my altar Workers to come help me Now these have come But I am confident that there's people in this audience that you're needing a new beginning as Well as them and if that's you While we pray and while they sing I'm going to ask you to invite God to give you a new beginning start start something new now please I'm not trying to prolong this but I, I need to tell this and then we're gonna move forward what hinders a lot of people from getting a new beginning is this they have got to know all the details before they believe how are you gonna do it what are you gonna do Today, I want you to just trust God and say, I want a new beginning and watch how God works. Yes, come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.